So welcome back. Welcome everybody back uh, to, you know, the Hip Hop Social Worker podcast, but, you know, talking about uh, social work being more than therapy. And today I'm joined by Michelle Fortunato Cuban, who is, she is LCSW, you know, she's very, uh, she's very well-renowned in social work, I'm sure. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know, macro social work because, or anything besides being a clinical person, because that's what, that's what, uh, you know, the goal of this um, little series is to kind of highlight other areas of social work other than therapy. So go ahead and uh, tell the people what you do. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, for having me. Uh, so this is exciting. Yeah. So I'm Michelle Fortunato Kewan. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in California. I also have a school social work and child and welfare attendance credential to work in schools. Um, so... Yeah, my main role, I mean, so I work for San Francisco Unified School District. Um, and again, just to say this out there, whatever I say does not represent my employer. This is my <laughs> thoughts. Just so I'm not trying to get, get, get in trouble with the people at, at the school district. Um, you know, got to say that piece. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think, well, I really like that you were bringing up this topic and having folks come in and talk about it because... Um, I listened to the first episode and was just really thinking about, yeah, when we think of social work, we think of clinical work. We think of licensed clinical social workers, which I do have my LCSW, um, but there is so much more to that. Um, I really got into social work first. Um, one, I mean, I always like to tell folks, like, there's people who don't look like me, so I'm Filipino, um, in in the field, or I haven't seen a lot of people who look like me in the field. Um, and therapy is taboo in my community. So I think, one, initially it was just going to getting into social work. One, because when I think I was looking at psychology, when, when you're looking at the different majors as you're in undergrad, psychology was really focused on the brain and all these clinical pieces. But what I liked about social work is just all the stuff that you can do. Um, you can be a clinician, you can be a researcher, you could create programs, you could run for office. Um, and I think what, I, I have a clinical background and I've done clinical work for, I don't even know how many years now. Um, and I think what I really like about social work is once I got tired of kind of doing clinical work, um, cause seeing people in sessions all day long can be exhausting. Uh, right. Being social work is like, I could go shift and pivot into something else. Um, and what I was seeing, is I want it to be more kind of in like program management piece mm-hmm. and, you know, developing, um, yeah, developing in different programs, but also looking into like research. I think one of the, so my main role for San Francisco Unified is I run our internship program. So I recruit mental health interns and train them um, to learn how to be clinicians, but also I'm part of our crisis team where I still get to do some clinical work but the focus that I've been doing really is looking at kind of the larger protocols that we have in place and how that is, how that's being implemented in the schools. Uh, I think with COVID, um, our schools, all of our classes are remote right now. How do you change all your protocols now to move it into vir- the virtual world? What do you do if someone's suicidal? What do you do if a kid is self-harming? Because um, now you can see in their homes when you are um, talking with them. So I think my role kind of on the back end, or it's still kind of like the front as well, because I think it's important, is how do we help clinicians 
um, kind of understand their role in that, but also building protocols so that it works school-wide. So the protocols we're creating is for folks, for teachers, for administrators, um, for our social workers, for our interns. Um, so that's kind of what I do. Um, I am also a doctoral student at University at Buffalo. And I think part of the reason why I got into doing doctoral work or getting into the, my doctoral studies is because a lot of the research we see around people of color are being conducted not always by people of color. Um, and I wanted to see it on the table. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I know what's going on in my community and I want to have a voice and say in terms of what research and how research is being done and getting and using my community as my guide, as folks who can uh, tell me what the leads are. I think we think of always like when you're doing big programmatic work, we think of leads assessment and we think of research. And I think there's been a whole bunch of, um, I was just in a conference today, just talking about using your community for research. So, right. yeah, I kind of went around everywhere, but <laughs> I'm trying to give a broad sense of what I do um, yeah. in terms of research, creating programs and protocols and things like that. Right. Okay. So if someone were like to, you know, switch from the clinical space to like more of a macro space program management type thing like what would be like the um like how would they kind of fix their resume up to kind of get that like look from someone who's looking for like someone like you, you know for, for someone that's looking for like a um program manager like you know like if i had i come in and i only have therapeutic experience working in the clinical setting you know but um but I want to be a program manager, you know, I want to, yeah. I, I kind of want to, you know, you know, step it up and do more macro social work or meso social work. So how would one like, you know, prepare a resume for that um, opportunity? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think an answer that comes to mind, and I, I kind of hate this answer, uh, but I'm also trying to think of other ways to do it, is I think what I've done from moving from the clinical role to doing a little bit like more meso and macro role is I think in my position as a clinician, I asked for opportunities where I can do some of the management piece or can I learn how programs are being created? What is funding looking like? So I think part of me is initially, if you're in this role of doing clinical work, is there spaces or are there seats at any tables that your work can provide you where you can get experience in see how this process works. Um, and I, the reason why I'm saying I was kind of hating this question because I think some of the things I think of is like, I've volunteered to be a board member um, for different organizations. And that's obviously free, it's free time and, it's, and I'm using um, outside time out of my work time to see kind of how larger organizations are working. But I think even when I'm thinking in your workplaces, like, yeah, like I think when you think of your bosses who are, running the programs or applying for grants, can you ask to take part of some of those things? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that gives you the exposure a little bit and that experience um, and being able to see what happens outside of the clinical role. Um, I think what I've, it's funny, I always go on LinkedIn just looking at like random jobs just because <laughs> I'm a social worker. I always, I'm like, feel like I always want to do something different. And I always am curious to see what's out there, but there's so many program program management jobs, program design jobs, program coordination. I think 
I think the clinical, the roles that we have as clinicians can be translated and can be used in the macro and meso roles. Uh, I think of case managers of like learning how to, you know, you know, resource and get resources for other folks and connect with other folks. I think of that when you're in management, when you're um, coordinating programs, you're having to communicate and learn how to talk to different people mm-hmm. um, and learn how to make those connections. So it's kind of using still some of those similar clinical skills, but you're just broadening, broadening your audience. Right. Um, so I think part of it is at your work, are there places and spaces where you can ask for those opportunities? Because okay. uh, if you don't ask also, they're not gonna, I mean, with me, hopefully you're getting like program reviews and you're talking with your bosses to talk about what you wanna, how you wanna expand and grow uh, professionally. But I think those are, if you're not asking for those opportunities, right. sometimes they're not gonna give it to you. And I think as a person of color, I'm always like raising my hand with the question of like, wait, so can you explain to me like where funding is coming from? Because I think the issue I see a lot, especially now is like, or just even with social work, well, there's no money in it, there's no money in it. So can I help find some funding? What's your funding sources? Where do you generally look? I mean, I've had bosses who are like here, these are some websites we look at, like I've done like my own, like, okay, I guess I'm gonna Google how to find funding and learn how to do that process. But also taking like professional development related to like grant writing and organization and things like that. Yeah. You know, when I was an intern, I wrote a grant for 500 bucks and I got it. Nice. So I feel like I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty well-versed in the grant writing world. Nice. <laughs> you, got, you got some money. <laughs> How do we oh man that? yeah you know i mean uh yeah but th- that was kind of fun like um i feel like that was like my only traditional social work role was um when uh, uh i was an intern at uh you know at grand high school in portland because i was a, you know I, I was i did a little bit of therapy i did a little bit of research i did a little bit of uh funding i did a little bit of um um like a resource, you know, I was, uh, I, 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 I built a food pantry, you know, me and, uh, well, me and the, and the actual social worker, you know, she kind of made the phone calls and I went around and got the food. So, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, so like when you're, a, when you're a micro social worker or a clinician, right, you kind of have a, you kind of know your role, like, okay, so how I affect change, I get this client, I work with this client. I advocate for this client, uh, or you know, patient, or you know, service user, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and you know, I try to make sure that they're getting the best service, the most equitable service that I can provide them. But when you're a macro social worker, how does your work reflect on uh, bringing equity to? your organization or to your area or to your community or to your state or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question when you're talking about like equity and when we're talking about race and how that impacts and plays into this and when we're thinking of the outcomes. I go back to, you know, depending on what it is that you're wanting to do, like, so one of the things that we've been really, I've been focused on kind of for um, school, but also for my work is how do we, help create and build more mental health services for Filipino youth. Uh, there's a high suicide, um, suicidality rate with our Filipino youth here in San Francisco and in the Bay Area. Um, and what we've been kind of doing is we've actually looked at like what research, there's not a lot 
of research and interventions that are showing what's working for Filipino youth. Mm-hmm. So we're going and touching base and talking with folks who've created interventions that don't have these cultural components and really thinking about how do we then use our community, use the experts in our, you know, within the Filipino community that are not necessarily social workers. Some are folks with just lived experience, some are community organizers, some um, are families and youth, and how do we bring them in to be able to have an impact and have a say in kind of what, what can work? I think it was us um, kind of gathering and looking at, yeah, how do we make things accessible, but also how do we modify and make adaptations to things that already exist so that we could build it out for our community. Um, I think when I think of outcomes, it's, I mean, it's going back to a little bit of like, what is your bigger picture and what do you want to change and how, and that may require usually when we're looking at the macro sense, um, working with folks in the front line, but how do we get community support? I've, I've been, a lot of the work I do is with communities as well. So how do we get community support? I know some of the work um, related to the Filipino mental health um, services is really, we've talked to one of the health commissioners. We've met with some of the health commissioners um, in San Francisco. And again, connecting with our community-based organizations to build some of these, um, to look at how they can support and fund so that we can have a robust um, and well-rounded um, kind of well-rounded services. We're still in this process. It's taken us two, three years to even just figure out how do we build a, build kind of a program with nobody yeah. <laughs> right now. Um, mm. But I think the way we're, when I'm thinking about equity and outcomes, I think part of this is you gotta connect with the leader, like folks who are in leadership positions, which is scary. I know for me, it's like, I gotta go talk to a person like in the government and I don't know like, what's the proper, you know, way to like, I guess, greet them with their title and things like that. I like, I don't know. It's me. It's these little things I think about, but I go back to my why in terms of the community. Um, and for the most part, I feel like with social work and a lot of the work that we're doing, we're there to serve the community, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's making big programmatic changes or when um, it's doing bigger efforts. Some of the social workers I'm working with and this, they're not even just so they're not social workers as well there's some educators and other folks are working to you know <clears throat> um, to have ethnic studies as a big requirement for um, our school district for the state and just see those efforts of like okay this is going to have a long-term impact for our black and brown students all throughout the state so I look at like what is your why and and how do we tap into the community okay yeah all right so, 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 yeah. Oh, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, because I feel like you know, like, I mean, I tried my hand at macro social work, but like, but like in a micro like intervention, you know, like <laughs> I had a job where we were trying to um, increase, um, we were trying to increase graduation rates in in the Portland Public School District, but mm-hmm. our interventions were very micro. You know, like you know, we, we would call students, call parents, have meetings, things like that. And a, a lot a, a lot of challenges were that, you know, um, teachers were kind of stuck in their ways um, or, you know, like um, people, you know, so many people had their own idea of what things looked like, you know. So what kind of challenges are you facing, like in your kind of, in your 
in your quest to, you know, um, have equity? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, funding is a big thing. We know that, um, you know, you're talking about working in schools and working in schools, that's like a big issue, um, especially with COVID, you know, all school districts have put their money into technology and all these other things. Um, so I say funding is a, ch- is a challenge. It's also finding, it's, I think when we're thinking about systematic change, it takes time. So I think there's the challenge is also knowing that like, it takes time to do all, to do this work. Mm. Um, and how do we like support each other so that we're not being able to, I think a lot of the folks that I'm seeing are, have their hand in a lot of different projects. Um, and how do we, I think it's kind of like figuring out again with the pandemic and with a lot of the things going on, how do we get the attention of the of folks who are making the bigger decisions on whether it's countywide, whether it's in the school district level um, to prioritize the needs that we're seeing or the programs that we want to implement. Um, luckily for San Francisco, our, our school board's diverse and we actually have um, a, former, um, a social worker who's a former intern who worked for the district as one of our board members. So he's been really an advocate for mental health. He's also a Pacific Islander. Uh, so, you know, he's representing a population um, that is not really represented um, in the teaching staff or there's a small percentage of them in the schools. So it's, it's yeah, finding out like, how do you, who do you connect with and how do you, and it's also building that relationship. Like I can't, it's, I can't just ask them for something. I want, you know, we want to make sure there's like a give and take in there. Um, so I think part of that is the challenge is really the time and the funding um, are the two big pieces that I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds, I mean, cause you know, I feel like people don't have the patience to wait and if, mm-hmm. and if uh, it's not happening soon enough, then they'll, find a way to get the money somewhere else you know and then they'll try to get it a couple of years later because they realize that they that they need social workers to do some of these things yeah uh, you know so you mentioned being in a, in a dsw program right yeah so um and so like are all so is your dsw program like research based like you know like are you like um like is a lot of it like doing research and trying to like um defend like a dissertation yeah, good question. Um, so uh, I am doing, well, the DSW program that I'm in is focused on bridging the gap between research and practice. Okay. So we're focused on implementation science and what we've seen is usually, you know, people do research and it usually takes anywhere from like seven to 10 plus years for the research that someone's done to actually move into actual practice. What we're trying to do is kind of close that gap because something sitting, okay, so if something that I research now, if it's gonna be implemented seven years later, I mean, part of me is also like, well, within seven years, well, I, don't, I don't know what's gonna happen with the world. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with the pandemic, things are constantly changing. Are we in person? Are we virtual? Are we not? Um, so I think what I, with the, what, in my program, we're not necessarily doing a dissertation. We're doing a capstone where we're actually looking at a problem and how um, we, and we're looking at ideally like an evidence-based practice and how that basically addressing the 
problem with evidence-based practice, but looking at it through this model of like, how can we kind of bridge that gap so that again, the research and the practice, there's a smaller gap with that and that we're actually implementing some of these practices sooner. Um, I'm working on, so it's funny when you talk about research, like research scares, scares me. And like, <laughs> even, um, I know I'm doing a doctoral program, a lot of folks have known that of like research scares me, math scares me, and I know math is involved in this. But I think about this, and when I was see, hearing about the gap between research and practice, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I want some of the stuff, I, some of the interventions I've been looking at is really related to the Filipino youth that I'm working with, and how do we yeah, just take some of the evidence based practices, modify it, and adapt it so that it works within the community, but also working with the community with you know folks in the school whether they have direct service role or above because that's also what we're looking at implementation science some of the things the questions we ask is really around like funding sustainability because that if i could get something to work but then it's not gonna be sustained for the next year then all the effort that i've done kind of goes you know down the drain um but that's kind of looking at the work that we're doing is how do we yeah implement some of this research but thinking also of a plan of sustaining it, um, which is what I'm learning how to do. So I don't have the answers yet to that. I'm learning that process. Okay. I'll get back to you in a year. Yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed that in a year I'm done, but that's what the yeah. plan is. Well, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so um, what kind of like career trajectory are you expecting with the DSW? Good question. Um, so if folks, I mean, for folks who know me, I always say, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I've been in social work since 05. Still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, and I actually want to do like a hodgepodge of things. I think in my ideal world, well, no, see, now I'm lying. I do know what I want to be when I grow up because I've actually kind of figured it out over the past semester. I want to do basically a mix of things. I want to do a little bit of direct service. I want to do the research piece. I want to be able to teach a little as well. Um, and I love, well, I'm an organizational freak. I love like organizing stuff. So I think with me in my current role where I'm having to like work with interns and create programs and protocols, like I, I love that stuff. So my ideal role is doing a mix of all of the above while still keeping my sanity and still being there for my family. Right. So my ideal role is like a lot of like part-time jobs slash side hustles, which I'm not trying to make them side hustles anymore. It's like, where's the job that's going to give me like my insurance and a stable paycheck and then be able to do, yeah. you know, the other stuff on the side. But I, yeah, trust me, I've gone back and forth. I'm like, why am I going through this doctorate? Uh, but then I go back to like, there's a need for folks who look like me to do this research, to connect with the community. Um, because I, I know my friends who are doing the direct service and I trust them, great. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's kind of where, what my hope is. Okay, sweet. Yeah, you know, uh, I've been thinking about like just things and like, you know, I feel like a director would be nice to be one day. I don't know if I'm ready for the DSW or the PhD or anything like that, I, um, I don't know. That's not really uh, appealing to me right now, but uh, all good. It took me <laughs> eleven years till after I got till I graduated from my MSW to be like, 
okay, I think th- this is what I'm ready to do. And I think it kind of landed on me when, pe- when people were asking, they're like, okay, we got this problem. What are we doing about it? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I started doing some of the research and I'm like, we actually need to do something about this. Right. Let's go connect with folks. And that's kind of part of, yeah. Where I was, so it kind of for me, like it landed with me mm-hmm. where I was not necessarily planning to go back to school, but then I, a project just kind of landed and I was like, this actually... It makes more sense to do this with a doctorate because then I'll have um, support from a school. Right. Um, and we'll have the respect. Yeah. Hopefully I'll get a little respect, but uh, <laughs> yeah. With me, it was like, look, if I could get back and get these like mentors and folks who've done this to tell me how to do this or to show me how to do this, then I could go back to my community and be able to do it. Right. Okay. So um, any information you want to share to someone who's looking at getting into macro social work that you think is helpful? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Well, for folks who are in the MSW program, I mean, again, like see if there's like any policy courses, see if you're even if you're in your internship, like if there's things you can if you can take on just different projects. I know the beauty, again, of social work, like I know with my social work um, internships is I was able to do the clinical work because that was my focus but I was able to look at I helped write a grant of I was down I did I went to USC so I was in Orange County Department of Ed and helped kind of write a grant for um, juvenile hall and working with like um, uh, juvenile sex offenders and just kind of what that looks like so it was one of those things where I I got to see the whole grant writing process Um, I think when you're looking at jobs for folks who's already graduated like you know, thinking about looking for words of like program management, program coordination, I think program directors sometimes scare folks. So they're like, oh, I'm not ready to be a director. But I'm like, look at program coordinator. Um, Cause that's some stuff that you can, you can find jobs related to that. And just knowing like, to me, it's connect with other folks and practice how to sell yourself. I mean, it's all about that networking because you've got the skills of social workers where we're already connecting with people. It's just now turning it around on yourself and um, show you how you can, you know, sell yourself to other folks um, and just kind of knowing what your why is. I think there's, if you Google non-traditional social work, that's kind of the, been the big the keywords, which I hate to say non-traditional social work because I think social workers are in all ever, all areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some programs, um, MSW programs have like a concentration focused on doing non-traditional, which again, I don't like to say that word necessarily, but USC right. had that had um, that track where I know someone who did who they they didn't really do. I think the first year internship was clinical, but then their second year internship was focused on grant writing. And I believe they're a grant writer now out in like Vegas and doing all of that stuff and did not go to the, you know, LCSW route. So I feel like there's different routes that you can go as well um, and finding those folks. Okay. Non-traditional social social work. I never heard of that, but uh, it sounds like a USC thing. <laughs> I went to USC before they had all online programs. So I'm just telling folks that. Yeah, it's different now. <laughs> uh, still love the the program at school, but it's it's changed. Right. Okay. So uh, before we go, I appreciate you for sharing your knowledge and your journey, and uh, you know, try to help us kind of you know help us figure out you know, other routes of social work than just, you know, becoming a therapist or um, 
a clinician, right? And I said, you know, I'm a therapist. And that's it's all good, but we want to broaden the spectrum, you know? So um, just to kind of really like put, you know, because people say social work is broad. And then like when somebody says, okay, well, what can I do? It's like, uh, you can case manage, you can be a therapist, you can do social work, which is like all like, you know, kind of the same thing, right? So yeah, there's oh. program, there's like, again, I think it's just like, yeah, I think it's finally folks who like, finally the, those other key terms and words, because again, if I, again, I'll go on LinkedIn just to look at what, what's popping up and you can see like, just write, type in program coordination, like coordination for some reason, it seems kind of like it, that is a, not that that's all social workers can do, but I feel like that has broadened it because mm-hmm. um, you can work again in different like places and spaces um yeah 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 for sure um so i have one last question so let's say the social work the social work genie came and said you can rid your you can rid this world of one disparity what would it be is it too much to say racism Uh, elaborate please just the I, racism is in all, I, one, I mean, we could go down a whole nother road of like how social work is like whitewashed. Um, but <laughs> I think in terms of just part of me, and I guess I can narrow this down a little bit of when we're looking at racism in social work and just can, can we, I guess I want to say like, can we take out the social worker, the racist social workers? <laughs> <laughs> But no, I think part of what I'm looking at is like, I guess I want to like broaden folks' horizons and understanding in terms of like, not hate. Yeah, I struggle with this because it's like, I, I, part of me is like trying to catch myself. It's like, not want to offend anybody, but mm-hmm. also trying to be clear of what I'm saying. But I think in terms of this, it's, yeah, not, I want to be able to get rid of just, not get, I guess getting rid of is the wrong word, but more like dismantling just kind of white supremacy in social work Mm -hmm. and knowing kind of how we are part of oppressive systems and how that is, I think that to me is like the important piece is knowing that we are part of these oppressive, like me working in a school. Yeah, I, lo- I mean, I call it, I tell my interns, I'm like, I'm part of an oppressive system. I know that there's structures in here that are oppressing these students, but how am I being a voice in that? And how am I taking action? It's not just also our voice, because I feel like, you know, people can say, say statements all day long, mm-hmm. but what are the actions that we're taking? Um, and what are, how are we, connecting with others um, in these systems or who have leadership position in these systems to acknowledge what is going on. Um, which to me, I feel like is kind of more of what I was just trying to say is like, be able to disrupt, dismantle these oppressive systems, which is again, I mean, our whole country, yeah, we, we could go down a whole nother road, but <laughs> I want us to work towards that. Okay. Uh, especially when I'm thinking of, I don't want to put the pressure on MSW students and social work students, but I feel like they're the ones, they're on fire. I mean, with me having interns, I'm seeing they're coming, they're coming up and they're ready, hauling stuff out. And I had an intern this week call something out. She's like, I heard about this racist incident. What y'all doing about it? And I was like, 
thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me let's and yeah, have that conversation there, but just disrupting, dismantling, and working towards supporting our black and brown, indigenous, queer youth and clients and adults. I always say youth because I work with youth, but yeah. And, and, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's my yeah, because I, I worked with juveniles for a long time. So I always think like that's like the you know, so I got to remember there's more people that need help. Yeah. Just, just the youth of America. All right. Well, I uh, appreciate you for giving away this knowledge, you know, um, and letting us know that social work is more than therapy. Yes. Thanks. And, uh, yeah. for having me. No problem.